Welcome to the Side by Side podcast, where we connect busy female leaders in ministry to the practical resources they need today. We are your co-hosts. I'm Annie Purdue Olson. And I'm Heidi Zwart. I got a chance to talk with Amber Cullum today about something we often struggle with, comparison. Mm-hmm. But she's giving us a little bit of a twist on the topic. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation because when we hear the word comparison, it's like a synonym with stop that. (laughs) (laughs) And Amber talks about why that doesn't really work. And I love the way Amber really digs into this topic and gets at the deeper root of comparison. One of the things I appreciated so much in listening to this uh, conversation with her is how she reframed what comparison is. Because just like you said, we always look at it as being a bad thing. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about it on our show more than yeah. once. We get so trapped in this idea of jealousy or sometimes this poor me posture when we look at other people. And yet I think that there's this opportunity to look at it with more curiosity You know, so when people are doing things well, that we see people doing things well, and maybe there are things that aren't working in our own life, you know, what if we got curious? What if we just ask them how they're doing that? Like, how do you do that? How do you eat well? Or how do you work out every day? Or how do you have this great relationship with Christ? You know, why not learn from them? And we can't do that if we don't look at our life compared to theirs. And it's really that mindset that she talks about that matters Um, you know, we can look at those people and say, Hey, how about if you mentor me? How about if you come alongside of me? Let's work side by side on this. Let's look at the life of Jesus, you know, compare what he's asked us to do and how he lived and, and allow that to be a motivation toward change. Oh, it's so good. Cause I love the idea of not avoiding comparison, but really engaging the curiosity that you speak of so that we can understand how God can turn that around into something good Mm -hmm. for us. And part of his purposes, it just is like the redemption of our God always surprises me. So why Mm. not the same for comparison? Yeah. You know, I think you're going to really be challenged. Anybody who's listening today to really listen into these insights in this conversation with Amber on how comparison can actually be a good thing in -hmm. both our life and our leadership. Amen. Welcome, Amber. Thanks for joining me on the Side by Side podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Annie. I'm looking forward to our time together. Me too. And I am so excited because our topic today is something that really intrigues me. We are going to be talking about how to rethink comparison. Now, we've talked about comparison before. We've thought about comparison before, but this idea of rethinking comparison has really intrigued me because I think comparison is kind of one of these tricky things for us, especially as women. And so I can't wait to dive in. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit more about you. (laughs) It's always such a loaded question, isn't it? A little bit more about me. Um, Where do I begin? Uh, Again, my name is Amber Cullum. I am also a podcast host of Grace Enough podcast. Um, I am mama to three little kids. Well, they're not, they're starting to get older now, obviously. They don't stay little (laughs) for long. Um, Two of them are in school, and so we do a hybrid model school. So that means I'm partial homeschool mom as well. Uh, That is pre-COVID, so not something brought on by the pandemic. And wife to Sam. Um, And yeah, I mean, a child of God, and I don't say that in the sense of, oh, I'm just supposed to you know, put that out there because I follow Christ, but truly am so, so grateful to know that I am his child. So that's a little bit about me. 
That is so awesome. Now, what inspired you to start the Grace Enough podcast? I don't even know the backstory and I would just love what inspired you to start that podcast. Yeah. So I was a physical therapist before um, becoming a stay-at-home mom and my, when my daughter was born, that's when I completely quit. Like I didn't work anymore at all. And we lived in Tampa at the time. And so when we moved to Raleigh, I had a a third child and I was just kind of getting like, Oh, what am I going to do? I mean, I kind of knew we were finished at that point. And I had gone to a women's tea And the speaker had encouraged us to dream again, no matter what season we were in. Um, And that really resonated with me because sometimes as a stay-at-home mom, when you're still in the mix of changing diapers and doing all the things, it feels like you cannot dream because that dream feels so far away um, that it just seems like it's never going to end. Now, I mean, even three years, four years later, I know it is going to end. But at the time, it didn't feel that way. And so I just started thinking, you know, if I could do anything right now and stay at home still, what would it be? And um, that is when podcasting came into my mind because I love to connect with women. Um, I love to connect women with Jesus and resources. And I mean, I just enjoy communication altogether. And so, you know, podcasting fits all of those things. You can do it from your home. And so that's kind of how it all just, that's how the dream was birthed. And then, you know, two and a half years later, um, I am still podcasting and 118 episodes in. That is so amazing. That is so, congratulations, by the way. That's really an accomplishment. Thank you. It's been a wonderful journey. I mean, it really has. I love that. It's, I do think that it's hard sometimes to see what are the dreams that God has for us. And I Mm -hmm. think maybe even as we're talking about comparison today, I think that's one of the struggles that we have as women is because we're in a specific stage of life. We get caught up into the moment of that stage of life, whatever it is. Um, and so we look around and we go, okay, what are other people doing? And, oh, I wish I could do that. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, I wish I was more like that. And I think that's part of where comparison comes from is this desire, this seed in our heart heart that says, I want to be something and I want to do something for the kingdom. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I mean, 100% with comparison, and we'll talk a little bit probably about how uh, and why I even started rethinking it. But I do think there are certain personalities that are a little more, um, they're, they are going to fall into comparison a little bit more than somebody else. And, uh, when you're in that place, wow, it can just trap you in a way that is just, I call it, you know, the runaway train. You're just out of control. Um, it, it's a pretty dangerous place to be. You know what? I, I love that you say that. Cause I mean, I'm kind of a personality assessment junkie person myself. I've certified in Myers-Briggs and my co-host yeah. Pidey is certified in, in Clifton strengths. And we talk Enneagram on our podcast sometimes. I love and it. I've, you know, gone down the path of disc and I know a little bit about standout <laughs> and, you know, any, any, any assessment you want to throw my way, just send it to me because I love yeah. learning about myself, but I love learning about other people. And I think there is something that, you know, our personalities can 
create tendencies in us that when Absolutely. we know that about ourselves, then we can rethink the way we want to respond to something or rethink how we do that. And so let's, you asked a question in, in how you were talking there. And then now I, I have to ask that question because how did you get into the topic of rethinking comparison? Why is that an important topic for you? Well, the reason originally why it even came to mind is because I was reading an article and a Desiring God article written by a lady, her name is Abigail Dodds, and in it, she had said, comparison is a fundamental way that we acquaint or acquaint ourselves with reality. Mm. And, and the whole article was about like, is comparison really the thief of joy? And what she wrote just, I mean, it captivated me because I thought, right, like, is it? I mean, we sometimes spoon feed ourselves these mantras and these sayings, but what is the real reason behind people saying comparison is the thief of joy? And so it, it sent me on a journey of just thinking about it in myself. And I, I spent a lot of time as a young mom in a very wealthy area of Tampa, and I mean, I would walk into somebody's home and I immediately was like, well, you know, what does her husband do that she can have all these things? And if I could hire a babysitter, you know, I could be more involved in ministry too. And all of a sudden I villainize someone that's my friend. Um, for what reason? You know, like, I don't know enough about them to do that. And so um, I had done a lot of work then, but more than anything, I just kept telling myself, well, don't do it. Don't do it. And praying about it and asking God to just remove these feelings for me. And it didn't work. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for a while. And I'm not saying it didn't work because God wasn't there. I'm saying there was more to it. Sometimes God's work in our life is saying, press into this and pay attention because there are good things about it. And so what I was praying about then, I feel like he's answering it now. Um, and so I, I just want to let that rest on somebody because sometimes we're praying for something and it doesn't go away and it feels like God's not listening. But 11 years later, I'm sitting here talking on podcasts about rethinking comparison. And it's one of the messages I'm most passionate about. And so God has answered that prayer. I, yes, I still struggle with it, with comparison, but I have tools now to stop the runaway train, reverse the cycle and do something positive with it. And so, yeah, I just know that can resonate with people um, that just because your answer is not coming right now does not mean God is not working. I think it's so important to mention that because our relationship with God is a journey and so many times we are concerned about the destination. We want to arrive. Mm -hmm. We want to check it off our list and say, okay, overcame that thing. Stop doing that behavior. And God is just like, wait, there's more I'm doing in you. I'm, I'm teaching you about me. Mm -hmm. I want you to see me experience me and know me on the journey. And sometimes that can't happen with a quick answer to prayer. It's so true. And then we spend time studying God's word or reading God's word or hearing it maybe at church, yet we, we cling on to the one-liners, right? And we forget people like Moses. You know, he spent like 40 years hanging out with sheep before God did in his life. 
what he said he was going to do. And that's not just in Moses' life. That's in David's life. That's in all the little names you, you don't remember from the Bible. I mean, it is a consistent theme throughout Scripture that there is waiting. Yes. And we don't realize, we don't, when we're reading it, we don't think about that because we're going from one chapter to the next and we don't realize 40 years happened between that verse and that verse. Uh, right. <laughs> you turn the page and we're 400. I mean, seriously, you yeah. turn the page from the old Testament to the new Testament and we've skipped 400 years. Yep. Yeah. How many times have we said, boy, it just seems like God was always doing things all the time. He was on the move. He was always present. He was always there. Where is he now in our life? And it's like, well, <laughs> it really wasn't like immediate in the Bible. There was like 40 year gaps, 400 year gaps, <laughs> years there that sometimes went by between one act of God to the next act of God. So, yeah, so true. Yeah. So back to comparison though, I mean, Really, he took you on this journey to teach you, to show you, to reveal himself to you when it came to like this idea of comparison. And for me, I resonated with what you were saying about how the messages that I hear about comparison are stop doing that, cut that out, don't do that anymore. Um, and that it's not healthy and it's not helpful. And I have had experiences like that too, where when I compare someone myself to someone else, it has hurt the relationship because I've vilified mm. them in some way, or it's hurt me because I've demeaned myself in some way. And then I get discouraged or I feel bad about myself. So I've experienced the downside of comparison, but on this journey, God show you something different, something new about like a different way to think about comparison that I think is equally as important. Can you say more about that? Sure. Well, the first thing I would just to lay a little bit of foundation for people is we spend all this time in elementary school learning how to compare and contrast. So, I mean, we do, right? Yep. Like, you know, we in kindergarten, I remember sitting there with a worksheet, there's a cat and a dog and you're like <laughs> circling what's different and what's the same. Then you get to middle school and you start learning about Venn diagrams and we're reading literature and we're writing, you know, character one in one circle and character two in the other. And what goes on the outside, what's different about them and the overlapping circle is we're, we're writing what's the same. So that's what Abigail, I know, was talking about when she says, you know, it, it's how we acquaint ourselves with reality is to compare and contrast things. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, why are we so quick then to take it off the table when it comes to comparing ourselves to another person? Hmm. Well, because we know we are sinners, right? So we do have sin nature. But the problem is not in assessing what's going on around us. The problem is, is that in that sin nature, we have just what you said, two things that happen with comparison. We say either I don't measure up or I'm better than. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so the thing is, though, is that what about all the times that we compare and contrast and we say, that situation's not safe. Why do we know that situation's not safe? Because we have something in our lives that has said, this is what's safe. And so if we do not compare and contrast, even people, like we want to know what a safe person is 
and characteristics of someone that is not safe. We want to know someone who this person's healthy physically and this person's unhealthy physically. And the reason why that matters is because that we can encourage that person to go and do something. But then beyond that, when we're talking about leadership, ministry leaders who may be listening, who is it in your life that you admire? I have a dear friend, Allison, who is about seven years ahead of me. She'll kill me for saying that because I actually don't think she's that far ahead of me. Maybe she's only five or six. If she listens, <laughs> she'll be like, you're making me older than Wait. I actually am. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she was um, my Bible study fellowship teaching leader. She has kids that are a couple, you know, again, four to five to six years ahead of mine. And I admired her. And why did I admire her? Well, because she had a form of godliness and she was one step ahead of me that I at that point did not have. And so in some situations, I can compare myself and be like, well, I'll never be like her. She has this and I don't. Or I can say, hey, Allison, I see this in you. And I see that that is something that is godliness. Can you help me learn how to do that? And that is where we do not take comparison off the table. That is where we say, this person is walking with Jesus, and I see them walking with Jesus, and I would like to get there. So let's just ask them for the help that we need instead of, I'll never be able to do that. I'm not equipped for that. And so that is the reason, those are the biggest things about rethinking comparison versus like taking it off the table. I love that because I do think of, you know, just the simple asking yourself the question, who is it that you admire and what do you admire about them? That that is rooted in how we've learned how to compare and contrast mm -hmm. things in our life. And then it can inspire us to move toward a learning or a growth curve in our own life. That's right. I love how you said, just like go and ask. I think sometimes as leaders or even as human beings, maybe we can go backwards and say, we admire somebody. We notice that they're doing something really great and we want to do that. We want to be like them and we don't go and just simply ask. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a real power, I think, in being willing to step out and ask, um, how do you do that? Um, what did you learn to get you to the place where you are doing it that way? How can you be calm like that when all your kids are going nuts around you? I wish I could be like that. <laughs> wow. I'm not that. <laughs> Me but, either. Um, so in the situation with Allison, um, it was easier for her because the things that I saw in her that I compared myself to, I did admire. And so I just reached out to her. And um, originally I kind of did it um, like, do you know anybody that's an older woman that might be interested in mentoring me? <laughs> because I didn't know her that well then. But long story short, she did end up mentoring me and is now, um, she would say, we're more friends than I am your mentor. But um hopefully that's how the relationship turns out. Right. Yeah. So in that situation, I think sometimes you just need to send the message and ask because we all can benefit from someone mentoring us and us mentoring someone else. I mean, that's just straight from scripture and it doesn't have to be as serious as we think. Sometimes it really can be just meeting over a cup of coffee 
and paying attention to what you do admire in somebody and asking them for your help. Now, on the flip side of that, we tend to compare ourselves to things that really aren't godly type behaviors. Uh Uh-huh. Say more. So, you know, when I say I stepped into that South Tampa home and I, the reality is the bad fruit of comparison in that situation was envy. Mm -hmm. It was jealousy. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't need to go to that person and ask, Hey, how can I become, you know, how can I walk more like Jesus? Because you are, I needed to confess sin in my life. Yes. And so that's where you've got to pray. And, you know, I said earlier, oh, I prayed and it didn't change because I was continuously faced with the temptation. But God was changing me because I was going to him and saying, I know what's going on in my heart. I'm jealous that they have more than I do. Will you, number one, forgive me? And number two, do a work in my life. And then number three, there were situations where it was like, oh, but she, she is a great decorator or she is super organized. I can ask those questions. Yep. And so it is sometimes seriously humbling yourself to the point of saying, I'm not as organized as I would like to be. Do you have two or three tips for me um, in my current life with three kids? And then try to implement those if someone takes the time to actually give you some tips. Um, and so, so that's what I would say. It's so much simpler than what we make it out to be. Instead, what we do is we just sit and critic, criticize ourselves in our minds and criticize the other person. And then that's why people are saying, just stop doing that because you do need to stop doing that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There is a stop doing that component of this. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) But as far as in stopping comparison altogether, I mean, if you really sit right now and you think about a world where we never compared and contrasted things like that's a pretty boring world and honestly not a very safe world to live right in. yeah it'd be pretty ridiculous not to compare and contrast that's you right. know it totally it totally makes sense and I think I mean what I hear you saying that's so important is is that when we are faced with comparison and we notice that we're doing that taking, uh, pausing and taking an inward look and saying, where is that coming from? Is that coming from jealousy or envy and some work that I need to do with Jesus on my heart? Um, is it coming from a place of admiration, um, maybe feeling less than, and instead of choosing to feel less than I need to go towards that admiration so that I can learn and grow. And I think there's like this rather than simply saying, don't compare, take a look inward and go, okay, what's at the root of my comparison? Yeah. Because when you deal with it at the root, then you can actually address it. Yeah. And I mean, that's a heart check tool Yeah, that I really get to. Um, and that's something I really leave with people at the end is like, there's a way to check your heart in this because, you know, there is this bad fruit of comparison, like we were talking about that's, you know, envy and pride. I mean, there's, there's so many little things there. Shame resentment, um, discontentment, but then some of these good fruit of comparison are things like it really can motivate us to implement a healthy routine. Mm -hmm. It can motivate us towards change. It can motivate us to model Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, Christ in his word does use different things, parables, 
What is he doing in parables? I mean, he's seriously comparing this person or yes. this situation does this <laughs> and this does this. Be like this one, not this one, right? right. Like, I mean, that's what he's doing the whole right. time. Oh my gosh, yes. And so, I mean, it, it can also like help provide a vision for what we think is possible. And as ministry leaders, oh my goodness, find somebody that you respect and admire and don't put them on a pedestal because that's how people fall. And that's how we end up doing things like walking away from ministry and walking away from the church because we've put people in a place where God, only God should be. Um, but it's okay to then dig in with them and ask them to come alongside you because that's when you start seeing, oh, they're not as great as I thought. They struggle just like I do, yes. <laughs> but they have wonderful qualities too mm -hmm. that I can learn from. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's amazing when you really start thinking about it and you start saying, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask those people. Um, I'm going to ask somebody close to them. I'm going to lean in close. You know, all of those things, uh, how much better your relationships will be and just actually how much more quickly when you start to compare, you will start realizing like this is, this right here is the enemy, at, you know, really trying to prick at me, but there's an opportunity for God to use it for good. Yes. And for your growth and mm -hmm. so that you can become more like him. I mean, it's just, that's so amazing because I always think of it like, um, I want to have like many mentors in my life. Like, I don't want to have just one life mentor, but I, I feel like I almost want to like go where are the areas that I want to go. I want to look around mm -hmm. and see who's doing it really well. And then I want to go to that person and learn mm -hmm. from them yeah, and not ask them to be perfect in every area of your life, but you've got something that I want to learn how to do. And I remember when I first started doing more public speaking and preaching, and I still have a long way to learn a long way to grow in that arena, but observing and watching people yeah. do it was one of the best ways that I mm -hmm. learned. Now you're not, I'm not going to preach like somebody else that I watched, but I learned so much from watching them do it. And then I went, okay, now how do I want to do it? And mm. it's just like you, you, I, I, I've always often felt guilty. Okay. So this is really confession time. I felt guilty because I will go to a workshop or a training and I do lots of workshops and trainings and I'll watch somebody do it. And I'll go, I wouldn't do that. Well, I would do this, oh, yeah. you know? And, but at, at the end of the day, I walk out of that workshop going, oh my gosh, I love this and that, and the other thing, and I can incorporate it in and I learn and I grow. And if I wasn't sitting there doing the comparing and contrasting thing, I wouldn't walk out going, Oh, I want to implement that in my next workshop. That's right. Well, and that's the thing, what you said right there is that's the comparison part where we go, Oh, uh, I'm better than them at that. Or I don't measure up to them in that. But as soon as you stop that and yeah. say, like, why, why am I doing that right now? And then like, how can I take that and um, actually turn it around to, I'm going to use this to glorify God. And that's what you're saying is once you get past that initial, oh, you know, I wouldn't do it that way or whatever, which is normal. Like right. that is normal for us to do. But when you can flip it quickly and say, oh, but I would implement that mm -hmm. or that's their style, not my style or what we were talking about earlier. I'm a completely different personality and you may communicate something that does not relate to me at all. 
you may write a book that I think is horrible and it might not be because it's actually horrible. Do you know? I mean, right. It's, it's some of its personal preference. Some of it is, it's just, everything doesn't have to resonate with everybody. There's a big wide world out there, like 6 billion people. Um, Praise God that not only one voice can speak to all those 6 billion people, except for in our case, the voice of Christ. That's right. Because he knows exactly how he designed us and the way that he wants to connect with us and exactly what we need. Yeah. Um, And so, and we are kind of like the body of Christ. So together we can communicate and reflect Christ in the world, but individually we're going to reflect just one aspect of that. And that also is biblical, right? Like God doesn't want a bunch of hands and God doesn't, he did not ask for everybody to be a mouth. And he has very clearly said to us, like, we need every part for this to function well. And so play your part, even if it's, you know, let's say it's 150 speakers. Well, all 150 speakers are likely gifted in a little bit of a different way. Right. And they're going to resonate with a group of people that the other 149, you know, can't resonate with. And so, yeah, I mean, we're diverse. Yeah. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. And so that means that our journey is going to look a little bit different as we grow into and learn from this whole thing of comparison. If we rethink comparison and we look at it, not as a, well, I'm better than you, or there's something wrong with me. And we trade that conversation for a different kind of conversation that says, okay, God, what is, where's that coming from? And how do you want me to grow and step into and use this comparison basically as a springboard to how you want mm-hmm. me to grow. If we switch that trade, that conversation, you know, what, what a difference it's going to make in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Um, I think about, so in Galatians three, six, he talks about like how we should test our own actions. And, um, that's, that's the verses. A lot of times people will use when it says, you know, stop comparing because it says each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. And so like when people kind of bring that up, I just talk about, Okay, so what it's saying here is we should test our own actions and we shouldn't become prideful or ascribe that I'm better than um, when we're talking about, you know, someone else or in our relationship with someone else. And so to me, when I read those verses, I think, yeah, so it's saying once you actually start comparing because God knows it's going to come. Um that's when you have to take a step back and say, how do I have, how do I engage in this healthy relationship with this assessing of reality that just happens Mm -hmm. between sinful man, between man and nature, between communities, uh, people groups. I mean, it's going to happen. And one thing I know for sure that hasn't worked is for us to stand up and just keep shouting, don't do it. Right. It's not working. It, it no, I mean, because we keep having the problem. Now, will the yep. problem ever go away until Christ Jesus? Absolutely not. But hopefully, the more and more we learn to rethink comparison, the journey that we're walking is getting closer and closer to the Lord Jesus. And so, you know, that's the goal of all of our hearts, right? Yeah, it is. 
It is. So as people are listening in and hearing us talk a little bit about comparison, and I hope there's a little bit of reframing going on and they're like, hmm, thoughtfulness, insightfulness. How do I want to rethink comparison? What are some of the major takeaways or practical things that you would suggest for people who are dealing with comparison? They're wrestling with it right now, today. It's on their mind. It's on their heart. Something just happened in the last 24 hours. They got this on their plate right now. What would be some of the things that you would words you of wisdom you would share with them? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I would say is that we have been challenged to model Christ. And one of the only ways to model him is actually to compare ourselves to him. Mm -hmm. And we do that every day. And so you can rest in the fact that it actually is something that we do on a practical level day in and day out. Um, now with that said, this is where the heart tool comes in, where every single time now that I catch myself, it honestly just happened last week. Um, there's a podcaster that I really admire and I've seen the growth, the explosive growth in her show. And I'm just like, but I'm doing all those things too. And I don't understand why this is happening. And, you know, all of a sudden I want to like, emulate things for not a good reason. It's because I'm jealous. Um, and so I just use this tool and asking myself these three questions every single time. Number one, why am I comparing? And that's where, you know, you got to think good fruit, bad fruit. Yep. Um, I knew absolutely I was comparing myself because I'm jealous of her success. And so once I know that I can confess that. Yep. And then the second question is, is the comparison breeding sinful behavior or pointing me towards godliness. Mm -hmm. Well, in that situation, it's breeding sinful behavior, but there is an opportunity for it to breed godliness. Yes. And so I brought it back around to what are some of the things that I admire about what this person is doing in her ministry? And then the third question is, is this fulfilling my purpose to glorify God? Hmm. And when you start sitting with that, you're going to find out real quick um, that a lot of times we do compare and it's, it's producing bad fruit in our lives, but there is potential for you to have good fruit. And so I will just ask, you know, God, how do I glorify you in this? And in that situation for me, it was, I had this one specific question I, I wanted to ask. I do not know this person personally. So I just sent a direct message on Instagram asking a question. She was so generous in her reply. Mm. And do you know that the view that gave me of this woman, and yeah. the, that may not be the outcome, but again, it's always reject or it's, you know, pointing your heart back to, God, I don't want sinful behavior in my life. So help me to use comparison as a tool to point me towards you. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's just such a, a powerful, powerful note to end on is, is like, let's turn com comparison towards godliness. I mean, comparison can point us to godliness. That's really yeah. a cool a cool, cool, cool theme. I love that. If our listeners want to reach out to you, they want to listen to your podcast, they want to email you and talk more comparison, talk with you or learn more about what you're doing. How would they reach you? 
graceenoughpodcast.com is the best place to go. My email address is there. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. And so that's graceenoughpodcast underscore Amber. You can direct message me there. But if you want to listen to the show, get in contact with me, definitely um, graceenoughpodcast.com. Yeah. And I can't just uh, put a little like exclamation point behind your show. It's really awesome. I've been listening and uh, really encourage our listeners to to tune in because it's really awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Annie. This has been great. You've been listening to the Side by Side podcast with Annie Purdue Olson and Heidi Zort. Subscribe to get more practical tips women leaders need. Leave us a review. We want to know what you think. We would be so honored if you would share this episode with a friend. And finally, check out our show notes with great links to free practical resources from our guests and ways that you can connect with us. Because we believe we lead better when we lead side by side.